Hello everyone, welcome back to Tapcalf Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast that talks about Star Wars and sometimes other things that aren't Star Wars. I'm Corey, joining me as always is Justin, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder on the internet, if you're... Uh, I'm not going to make the joke. Uh, but how are you doing, Justin? Can't complain, can't complain. No. Just read nine, or sorry, seven, no, eight. 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 Okay, we don't do math yeah. here, apparently. No, Basic no, no, we don't counting. do math. We did eight comic issues today, uh, varying our quality, varying story quality, um, probably varying discussion quality to come. But otherwise, I'm I'm doing well. How are you, Corey? I'm good. Uh, no one's going to understand that I was refraining from making an Austin Powers joke there, but uh, I'm ready to get on with my life. See, I, I don't know that I felt that they were significantly varying in quality, though I do understand really? why you thought it was nine. Because they did an issue zero for Dark Lords. Yeah, there's an issue zero, and it was yeah, just I didn't a few read that pages. One. It's just it's issue one, but with a few only a few pages. You didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was black and white as well. So, ooh, Sin City style. Yeah, Sim City, okay. just like yeah. your uh, your YouTube start. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what anything anything new and exciting in your world or in the Star Wars world that you've been made aware of in the last few days? Trying to think if there's anything new Star Wars related. Not really. There's been um, some like some leaks about stuff, but nothing that's super important yeah, or particularly well none, founded. Not no like leaks even that I would like have regretted seeing if I was. What's what's your take on leaks? By the way, I don't know if we've ever discussed this because me, I've talked about this before. I read all the leaks. I always spoil myself. And I personally don't find that it detracts from the experience. I think there have even been studies that said that knowing the story before it happens it doesn't impact the overall amount someone enjoys a thing. Um, but yeah, what's your thought on? I on usually that? I usually try to avoid it, but now that I'm doing like the the clip videos, that I'll look at it more. But I also mm-hmm. I think I have a higher standard for what counts as a leak than. I guess some people, because I don't. I, mm-hmm. A lot of the tweets I don't really consider valid until something a bit better backs up, and mm-hmm. at that point I just don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I got spoiled on so much shit that I didn't really want to get spoiled on. I don't think it'll ruin my enjoyment of stuff, but it will turn into if I'm watching something, I'll just be waiting for whatever moment. Like the going into Last Jedi, knowing uh, the whole like Snape kills Dumbledore stuff. Mm-hmm. and like it didn't ruin the last jedi knowing that kylo killed snoke or that luke died for me and it didn't ruin uh half-blood prince knowing that snape killed dumbledore but i, I still would have rather not known going in and found out as mm-hmm. the story decided to tell me mm-hmm. okay fair enough fair i can enough. Contr- basically what i'm saying is i can control myself unlike you no yeah i fully can't I fully can't. Survivor, um, I used to be really bad with it, though. Like, I would look up every leak for Survivor about the cast. I would try to avoid the, the boot spoilers of who was going home when. But after I see the cast, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to take a peek. At, see that's why Big Brother is better, because you can only spoil, like, a week in advance. Yeah. Where Survivor is, like, the you can probably usually get spoilers for the end. Same with, like, Kelsey watches The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Like, they've got spoilers for the whole season, basically, because... Yeah people are dating or whatever <laughs> well survivor it really depends on the cast where like I, anyone who's vaguely familiar with like semi early modern survivor will know the name russell hance and this was a guy who was on like three seasons that were in a very short time span and literally mm-hmm. everything was known about these seasons it was incredibly clear that he was just leaking everything so mm-hmm. then there was yeah. one season where he did pretty poorly and not much got out about that one <laughs> shockingly enough but yeah uh, but yeah what a surprise yeah it's it's interesting because star wars like the leaks it's it seems to have a lot to do with like like when jj is doing things through bad robot which is like his production company um it seems like everything was leaking because the force awakens leaked and yeah. i guess there's only two movies the force awakens at episode nine but like big things from episode nine were leaking like the entire script they had yeah. like I I remember one of the big things was like months before the movie came out they had an image of of Ben and Ray with the blue lightsaber standing next to each other like that's not a little leak. Um, but there was also like stuff the, like the the Trevorrow scripts that came like earlier scripts that came out that I don't know would have been tied to Bad Robot. 
No, so, the, I'm I'm pretty sure the Colin Trevorrow scripts. He, he definitely just did that himself. Yeah, because like why not at that point? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ninety I'm ninety nine percent sure that that was a. I mean, I think a lot of leaks are done purposefully. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much as people kind of say. Um, and like the leaking community is always like, oh, this is a counter leak that they're putting out to fool all of us. That's never fucking happened ever. Um, like the general audience is so much larger than people who look for spoilers online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so yeah, other than that, I don't think there's really been anything announced in the last week. We talked about KOTOR last week. No new news out of that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about two sets of comic books, technically, still in the Tales of the Jedi series. We're talking about the Freed and Nat Uprising and the Dark Lord of the Sith. So the first one is just a two-issue arc. Second one, it's a classic six-issue arc. For a total mm-hmm. of eight whole comics on one podcast. Mm-hmm. Where else are you going to get that much value for your money? Nowhere. 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 Um, I, I get the... And this is what... these. This will be our, I think, fourth and fifth arc, maybe, in Tales of the Jedi. Because we had the... I think we did two for the first episode. And then we did... Maybe, was it two last time? No, we only did the one did we just classic do? Tales of the Jedi last time. Okay, and then we do two on the first one, was it? Or am I imagining? Because uh, there's the two... Well, there, okay, there's the two kind of early ones that like chronologically take yeah. place before everything else. And then there's two other ones, right? And then now these two. So are we, is this five and six? I'm going to say yes. Okay, either way. So we're pretty far in now. And I guess the big question that I was asking myself a lot while reading this... Other than this like is four and five, sorry, four and five. Okay, the big question I was asking myself was like, does it feel like we're getting a real payoff from having all these stories under the one Tales of the Jedi banner? Like, it is nice that there are repeating characters like Nomi Sunrider and Ula Caldroma, but other than that, I don't know if there's a real benefit to having all of these kind of separate small storylines when it seems like. This one to me has been the most interesting one so far. The the kind of rise of Ula Caldroma and um and Exerkin has been the most interesting one where the other stories like just kind of I don't know, I don't think they added a whole lot to this other than actually introducing the characters. So I kinda I get where you're coming from, but I think that's partially just because of how we read them in chronological Uh order where Uh if we had read them in like original release order this is really the second episode we'd have been doing and like tales of the jedi that we did last time was setting up for this stuff and then the the prior two episodes that we did with uh fall of the sith empire and golden age of the sith those while they were more standalone were released as essentially prequels that were meant to be kind of their own story yeah yeah I, i think that's fair um, it's just like Golden Age of the Sith, for example, that doesn't feel like that adds a whole lot other than um, other than like the Empress Tita system, yeah. I guess, is in that. But because like, in fact, in my opinion, it takes away from it a little bit because you get the kind of too many Sith. There's too many Sith. When, so when the Sith return, it's a lot less impactful. Now, to be fair, there's like a thousand years between that Sith Empire yeah. and the new Sith we're getting now. But I don't know. Did you get that feeling at all? I don't feel like there was a too many Sith situation going on here because uh, mm-hmm. all of it ultimately comes down to Marco Ragnos. Like he's he's the background player in all this with mm-hmm. a little bit of Negasato and Frieden Ad. But I think where it all where it really becomes an actual problem for any of them is that I think we both felt in Golden Age of the Sith and Fall of the Sith Empire that they were just really rushed and compact Mm. where you didn't really get a good sense for the story. It felt like it was just this background information, which makes sense with how it was produced, but you never really got a great sense for the characters uh, or a good feel for what was going on. Whereas I think with this in particular, especially combined with the prior, like the original Tales of the Jedi run, I think it's been a lot better paced and there's been a better exploration of the characters. Like this has been my favorite of the arc so far the ones that we're doing mm-hmm. today. Uh, and 
Like, I think we also both weren't super big on the last one, where mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like a bit of nothing. But now that we're doing yeah. a bit more with those characters and where Nomi and uh, Ula Keldroma are kind of in the same place, it, it helps tie it together a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this one still just feels so rushed to me too. Like, I I don't know. I I, I get I get where you're coming from. Where, but it, it ultimately just feels like characters like all like the story is always told in the same way. You know, the characters break up and then yeah. they come together and they break up. They come together. I mean, in some respects, all stories are like that. But it just ends up feeling so contrived to me. Where it's like we've we've got like ula Keldrama, for example has has the dumbest plan ever basically yeah. he wants to infiltrate this sith cult that's basically started up um so he can learn how to stop them and of course that means he becomes the new bad guy and then they the good guys yeah. come together against him and it's just like it just feels like it's you know the same thing happening just i guess kind of again and again and again yeah um and this Which is a is, terrible plan that no one in Star Wars should ever be allowed to do because it ends the exact same fucking way every time. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell people what to do. Just don't fucking do this. Mm-hmm. This is, you don't join yeah. the Sith with your. Oh, I'm gonna infiltrate them. Especially when he, so he gets to the planet and he starts murdering these miners that are about yeah. to take down the Sith that are controlling Empress Tita. Anyways, it's like, yeah. well, I need to get their secrets first. It's like, no, just let them fucking mm-hmm. die. It's yeah, that was that was dumb. Uh, on the other hand, I will say I do really like the Exarkun stuff. Um, I thought that was really cool. He basically travels to Yavin Four and he kind of uncovers um, some like some old Sith stuff. Um, I thought that part was really cool and very different. I mean, obviously, the idea we've got multiple times now the idea of a Jedi going and discovering all these Sith things and communing with sith spirits it's happened multiple times throughout this series already this is say nothing of the amount of times it happens in star wars as a whole i just thought this was one of the most kind of interesting looks at it and that's partially because you know people didn't really realize like this is before kind of this was really explaining what the old sith were so they're kind of treated almost more like sorcerers and um I think they're called magicians sometimes yeah. and like alchemists rather than kind of the the samurai or not even samurai like Jedi, but rather than just the, the warrior like Jedi, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I So I really, I don't love how the Jedi and the Force get portrayed in this. Like, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that KOTOR didn't decide to go along this style. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's some big tales of the Jedi lovers out there who are very upset that KOTOR didn't. But like, it just, a lot of it feels really off to me where a lot of the things the Jedi end up doing are very different from what the Jedi would otherwise be developed to to be for. Like, there's just so much of mm-hmm. the uh, honorable warrior, we're going and fighting and powerful, and the Force is just magic and stuff. And it, it's kind of kind of weird. Some mm-hmm. of the Elder Ones do get treated a little bit differently, but even there, uh, they're kind of in the same vein where... Like, the, the thing that they're trying to convince Nomi to do is go and fight more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, this, this doesn't seem... This doesn't seem great. Yeah, and you're right where they're also, like, fully just, like, getting in galactic politics. They've got, like, a massive fleet at one point that they commune. Yeah. Um, or convene, I mean. Um, so, yeah. There's... A, the I And, like, I do like the, the Sith kind of magic stuff that the kind of great sith beast on yavin is really cool yeah. um but other parts less so like i'm not super into like the idea of amulets which there's like amulets and and just other sith artifacts which are, have a lot of powerful the a lot of power rather the thing i like the least though is ulik keldroma gets infected by like a sith potion which essentially when he taps into his anger a little bit it kind of like makes it a thousand times worse he's basically roid raging yeah speeding up his kind of descent (laughs) now ultimately he does still tap into the anger i think i think that's kind of a key part of it is he's got to give into it a little bit but it's just like i don't know it's it's when you have all these characters who are supposed to be either great jedi now to be fair exar kun is never really yeah he's never really portrayed that way he's kind of from the beginning you know, a little bit uh, sus. His first line but, is just racist. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
animal Jedi can't match human Jedi. Okay. But it's... I, I don't like the idea of, like, these lifelong Jedi in, like, three panels being turned to the dark side. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Yeah. It, I don't know if part of it is just, like, the format not being a thing that we're quite mm -hmm. as into. And that's one of the things that I, I'm a bit more interested in going to, like, the, the KOTOR comics. Because I think that's a longer period mm -hmm. of time for some of the same stories to be told. Mm -hmm. Uh and compared to Dark Empire or this, where it is a bit more compact. Uh, but the the biggest thing for me is that the each of the comics starts with, like, uh, a synopsis of what's happened so far in the style of a text crawl. But it feels more like Law and <laughs> Order. It reads more like a Law and Order opening. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what really stands out to me. I don't know if you felt the same way. Uh, I, I didn't well read him, but I mean, it's a, now that I go back and think about it like that, yeah, it's definitely a bit law and ordery. <laughs> um, I will say, um, uh, Chedrig in, in the, in the chat does have, he, he points out that it's, it is kind of like a, like a Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers style comic. Uh, he says, uh, Tales comes off. Uh, as vague story beats that were intended to be remade in other media, that or a very old school comics closer to Silver Age. Or maybe Golden Age. Yeah, I can see that. I guess my point of comparison for Star Wars would be like the classic. There are classic Star Wars Marvel comics and the classic newspaper comics. Those were very serialized. They were like, and you know, they're they're very fast. The difference is I think those work a little bit better because the story they're telling is a lot smaller. It'll be, yeah. you know, one issue will be about, or, you know, three issues, whatever, will be about one mission, not, you know the rise of the Sith Empire again. <laughs> yeah. Which is where I think the problem kind of, for me, it maybe for you comes yeah, up. Yeah, and, and like, I, I do think that's a good point where it's compared to like Luke and do, Luke going and doing an adventure of the day, this is introducing, developing, and then kind of overturning characters in such a short period of time, which is what you're kind of talking about with like the Ulic being a lifelong Jedi and then in three pages he's suddenly a Sith apprentice mm -hmm. doing the like Chad handshake meme with Ulic yeah, that was, so funny. Like, that was so funny. That was so funny. Ulick just got on board with all this, and poor Alima is just sitting there, doesn't get any of the Sith power from that. And then they have weird bullet holes in their head. I don't understand that. Yeah, I guess that's supposed to look like the Sith logo, I guess, right? Their head thing. It just looks like someone painted a, a bullet wound onto their head. Mm hmm Yeah. Not... Uh, I don't actually say that's Marco Ragnos, do they, in this comic? I don't, uh, think. I don't think it says it in here. It doesn't say it in here, but it's basically pretty clear. At least maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it looks... No, it, it, it's it is definitely, definitely Marco, Marco Ragnos. I think that, I think yeah, that only gets little, established in... Uh, he's got the little curve things. Like, he's yeah. he's the most influential. Like, people talk in the later days of Star Wars about these great old Sith Lords. When we're actually reading the stories about them, they're all kind of shit, let's be honest. But yeah, Marco Ragnos is the one pulling all the strings for millennia until Rosh Pennon <laughs> screws it up for him. Yeah, breaks his scepter or whatever. Yeah, there's uh, one thing. It's like there's and there's also very few like homegrown Sith. Like a lot of them, as we're seeing through these comics, yeah. are um, are kind of just like dark Jedi or Jedi who fall temporarily and then are killed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. Marco Regno is definitely very influential, pulling the strings. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious if uh, Kevin J. Anderson designed Kip or whoever I guess would have done the the art for Kip designed him based off of XR Kuhn because they look very similar. That should have been a warning sign right away. I don't think Kip's quite as jacked. No, well, he's like. 15 or something when he starts going down this dark path mm -hmm. whereas xr coon is probably actually not that much older they're probably like no probably not because he seems to because yeah he's got his he's still an apprentice so yeah. um yeah the jedi are kind of loosey-goosey in this yeah. um which i mean like the jedi can come and go and do what they please which is kind of still something we get in the prequel like mm -hmm. ultimately a jedi can forge their own path we see that kind of in like the High Republic, maybe more so than than Legends. Um, 
One thing I want to talk about though is in the first two comics, the uh, on um, on Onderon, we so we get. Do you want to um, yeah quickly lay out the synopsis first before we? Yeah. So before kind of we get the events of of Dark Lords of the Sith, there's a short kind of two issue things uh, comic about the we we saw kind of the Freedon Nad cult expelled in the what was the one called before was that the beast wars yeah yeah um and in this kind of we're learning that there's still uh there's still some influence and there's even kind of a dark side cult on the planet uh it's being um controlled by a few people including king omen and there's also famous empire war modder warb null yep um, or is he a modeler? He yeah, he did a bunch of free release models. Yeah, I anyway, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that's where Warbnall came from. Yeah, I, th- I used to think it was about the Mandalorians. I thought it was one of the, yeah. those situations, but yeah, it's this dude. And I'm trying to remember what happens, and all that I can really, uh, all like all that I can really say is they end up killing Omen, yeah. and he's got like a Palpatine style uh, chair uh, chairlifter. Yeah, and in canon, it's called the Omen. Uh, it's called the Omen Spine, I think. Like that's what Palpatine's thing is called. So I thought that was a nice little detail. Go. Yeah, his bones are too soft. So as soon yeah. as uh, it's like your soft, milky bones. Ula Keldroma no. cuts his his metal holder things, and he just mm-hmm. he just crumples to the ground. And Friedenad decides he's done with him at that point. Got to drink your milk. This is what we're here to plug, but. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing I would say is that we get to see kind of the early bits of the the uprising in the later comics. We see yep. the two. What are their names again? The two kind of they're not really Sith. They're more like I guess they're more they're more kind of like Sith cultists, yeah, right? The, the like, they do get more some of a, power. A side cult. It's Alima yeah. and uh, God. I somehow already forgot. Right. I, I remembered it was Alima because is it Satal or Sate? Isn't it like, yeah, yeah, something like that. But anyway, th- it seems like they're getting most of their power. I think from the kind of it's, one half of the the Sith amulet. It's the Keto that, cousins. That's all I ever remember them as. <laughs> yeah, because it's the Sith amulet that that uh, that summons uh, Marco Ragnos, and they've got half of it. And once they once they get that, they got all these weird powers, like they're uh, they're summoning beasts, and they turn one guy's tongue into a to an alien uh thing it's pretty pretty rad that was anyway, that was my favorite scene because they there it's so it's basically the two cousins have their little sithy powers and they've changed mm-hmm. their tutor's tongue into an eel a weird sith eel yeah. thing and they're gonna mm-hmm. take over the planet so they interrupt basically a business meeting and they show <laughs> everyone the tongue and the response like, is fucking fuck? phenomenal because they just say that it's a violation of the guild protocol. It's like, do you have this specifically in your guild no protocol? No eel tongues. <laughs> yeah. We explicitly told you no. Yeah. That was yeah. that made the whole thing worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Not holy uh, shit, for- not what is that. Just this is a violation of guild protocol. In section nine, section nine. <laughs> it's not gonna be good. What's the uh, there? There's also a bit about um, Freed and Ned's uh, fucking desiccated corpse yeah. plays a big part because they're they're trying to bury him on Duxon, um, which I guess they do eventually too. Yeah. But what the, I, I mentioned I wanted to bring it up because they capture one of the Jedi Masters and they got him struck up naked. Yeah, like he's butt ass naked. The weird thing is he asked for that. <laughs> He's like, if I'm going to be here, I might as well. Well, it, it makes sense because this comic exposes Arca Jeff thoroughly and not just in that way. Because, like, we get the mm. whole thing in the prior thing about how, like, oh, the, these, all these kids who came should have been able to suss out the dark side. But Arca can't handle that heat either. Like, he mm. gets, he just falls apart. He gets captured. He, he, he was in no better position to handle it than... Ulick was, and he sent Ulick mm-hmm. and these other untrained kids to do it. You can't do that. Yeah, it's like we got. It's like they're convening thousands of Jedi. It's like let's send the least experienced. <laughs> like everyone else is kind of busy. Uh, one thing I do like about the Krath is they've got some cool like war droids. Um, 
almost like Terminator-esque. They're kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it, it... I mean, that's the part where it's like, okay, because you got the Empress Tata system, and they're basically, at this point, out, like, in, uh, in one battle, they're kind of holding out against the combined might of the rest of the Republic, because the Republic um, doesn't want... What happens is the Krath are taking over the system. They've kind of, kind of have an uprising going, and there's the one planet that's holding out, and the Republic kind of sends a huge fleet to hold off against them, and the 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 cousins use kind of Sith magic, but uh, the fleet is then Nomi Sunrider is using her uh, her battle meditation, and she kind of susses out what's actually going on, yeah. but they're still kind of not routed, but they're they've got a retreat. Well, I don't want to skip past how they get their powers either, because the the cousins show up on Andron during the battle, like during mm-hmm. the battle, and they're just like rich kids on a tourist trip. Yeah, where they're, they're like getting going directions to like bars and stuff. Like, can you like, tell me where I can get this red? It's like, oh, look a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch it. Yeah, I like how they steal shit from Coruscant. They just everyone's always stealing shit from Coruscant museums. Yeah. That's where, um, yeah, you get lightsabers there, Sith artifacts. Well, the uh, the panel where they're getting the book, it says something about like, and then Insidious Fate gave the book to to Satal. I was like, no, he just opened a fucking cupboard and took it. It's not Insidious yeah, Fate. Like, That's oh, just sick. basic thievery. <laughs> like he was supposed to check it out. To be fair, from the library, and he just <laughs> took it. But it's it's not really fate. <laughs> Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> we, we saw him looking it up in the prior frame. <laughs> But then uh, during the Andron battle as well, Nomi gets blasted by some some fun Sith stuff, ends up in a pile of other injured people, and mm-hmm. Ulick is like, oh no, not her, and helps her while she's basically sitting on three other dudes. Yeah, Ulick's brother also gets his arm cut off again, but that's, that's later, I think. Oh no, that's then. He gets his arm cut off, he's like, jokes on you is my mechanical one, and he just keeps smashing droids. <laughs> Yeah, and I also like how the, the the whole comic is like these droids were no match for Jedi. The Jedi could turn them off, and then one of the masters is just killed. <laughs> yeah, because he was in the middle of lecturing Ulick. You get distracted yeah. by that kind of thing. Yeah. The Jedi, that's that's what, they're OPSEC. Like when I lose Fall Guys, when I'm yelling <laughs> at Charlie. <laughs> the Jedi OPSEC against droids is pretty bad, though, just in general. Because like a meeting of literally every Jedi in the galaxy and... They don't think to vet the company that they hired the droid caterers from. Yeah, and even one of the old Jedi's, Jedi is like, these droids are kind of weird. <laughs> someone might want to look into that. Not me, but someone. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Meanwhile, the cat Jedi are f- fucking with the door open on the Jedi ship. With- uh, yeah, the cat are. They're like, they're like, in, they're like in the heat. And Put a just- whelp in me. <laughs> Yeah, put it, put it, put a child in me. Um, I don't want to leave the Jedi like, Order. Like he's basically saying, "Let's go take over our planet." Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what's his name is right there, um, Master Voto. Yeah, Voto, who like his appearance really threw me off, and because he gets very, very red in yeah. some of the issues. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is he all right? <laughs> like, did he get? Did he, did he get circumcised? Like, what's he's having on? an allergic reaction for a lot of the comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, not, I mean, I tweeted about this yesterday, but Nomi's... The, the comic art in this varies quite wildly. And the first two issues, the Beast War ones, are not good. We get Nomi Sunrider with the Vegeta fucking Widow's Peak again. And then I actually quite liked all of the other, like, the other five issues, six issues, except for the very last yeah. one. I think... was the, a downgrade in quality. I think the even the story for the last one was pretty bad. Or it was like, they're going to rescue Ulick, who has gone to yeah. infiltrate the Krath. And the Jedi Masters at the start said, hey, that's a bad idea. He can make this choice. Which is usually not what you hear from the Jedi Master. Like, oh, it's his choice if he wants to be on the dark side. But ultimately... They infiltrate the castle that... By attacking in the same way as they did before, just kind of sneak here. No one's OPSEC is very good, just in general. But they have this big battle. No one... No named character gets hurt, really. Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess Satal gets killed earlier, but... Yeah. They just decide in the middle of this fight, all the big evil characters are in a room with all your main heroes and the heroes are like 
Hold up. Nomi Sunrider's there too because she got ca- she let herself get yeah. captured as well. Yeah, she let herself get captured, but then like all the other Jedi come in and mm-hmm. like she fights her way out of captivity with her battle meditation to make all the guards kill each other. Which is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they just like press pause on the battle and fly off out of the system. <laughs> like it didn't need to happen. I guess maybe for like the character growth of Nomi saying like, oh, this is his choice, but no one believes that. Nothing was fundamentally changed in their perception. None of it needed to happen. I don't know yeah. what the what was being added by that. Yeah, and while this is all happening, there's just Exarch Kun walking down like the big boulevard outside the palace. <laughs> She's like, wait, is the door on this side or do I gotta go around? <laughs> like, go around, go around, take the elevator. <laughs> My favorite part of Ulick's plan though was his entire research on the Empress Tita system was based on the book that uh, Empress Tita herself had written like a thousand yeah. years ago. So yeah. I don't know if, yeah. have you watched Avatar? The Last Airbender, yeah. not yeah. the movie. Yeah, not the, not, not um, the follow-up series, but yeah, I watched the first yeah, one. Yeah, so when they're going to the Fire Nation at the end and the only thing any of them knows about the Fire Nation is what Aang knew from before the yeah. war. So I'm just picturing yeah. Ulrich going around the whole place saying, Flamio, hot man. Everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember he goes to the Air Temple. That was a fun episode. Yeah, everyone's He's like, dead. oh, they're all dead. They're all dead now. <laughs> Sick. Good show. Good show. I think that show reminds me in a lot of ways of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Uh, which is not surprising considering Dave Filoni worked on both, yeah. but. I don't think he was that um, highly positioned. Actually, was Filoni no, all in Last Airbender or just on Korra? Oh, maybe he was just on Korra. I thought he was on The Last Airbender, but maybe not. He may not have been. But anyway, he probably learned. I mean, he, yeah. I'm sure he was inspired by it, but I guess any show that has kind of a coming-of-age mystical story is yeah. going to be somewhat similar. And Ezra's um, in both, so. Oh, is he? Who's he in? Uh, no, like the character of uh, Ezra is is in Avatar for a while. It, oh, who weird. is he? He's the one with oh, the yeah. lightsaber. He's just, he's, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going with some like oh there's a character very much like Ezra but no it's just it's it, just Ezra. It's just Ezra. I just finished um, I just finished season two of Rebels, uh, and I think season two is really good actually. I've seen some people kind of shit on season two, as, or not even shit on season two, just say that it got that season three and four was better, and maybe that's true. But season two has some real banger episodes. Yeah. Um, there's my favorite one has got to be uh I, f- I forget the name of it the one where Callus and zeb are stranded on the, yeah. the planet and they fall in love the funniest <laughs> part about that whole episode is at the very end they need to climb up this giant icicle to get out of the cave they're in it's basically the mandalorian chapter uh, chapter 10 it's yeah. it's the same thing but um and so Callus gets on Zeb's back, but he gets on his back like 10 minutes before they start climbing. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just sitting on his back. Like, he's your he can walk. Like, yeah, he can still walk because he's walked through the whole episode. He's just like, he's busted his leg, but he's got a splint made up and stuff. But he just climbs up on Zeb's back the whole time. <laughs> so Chad is saying that it was Last Airbender for, for Filoni. But okay. I think you've okay. done like two full Rebels rewatches now in the time that Dana and I have been doing one. We really, we really fell off it. We need to. I don't know when did I you start that? Two years ago, a year ago. Yeah, it's been a while. I can't help it. I just love. I just put on like a couple episodes every night. Yeah. Um, it's got the one where they stole the Y wings. It's pretty sick. Um, I'm trying to think of other episodes I really, really like from season two. I, I like when they, oh, fuck AP five. Remember the droid? Uh, I like that episode. Yeah. Um, where they steal the freighter and AP fives there. So um, I'm trying to. Speaking of droids, there's Saddle is trying to tell Lehman not to listen to Ulick. Ulick records a message to Nomi after he captures her and says he'll execute her to prove his loyalty. And oh stuff. yeah, and Saddle the droid immediately. Well, he you look at the fucking droid that the dude's talking to. This is a smart move by him. The dumb move is then blowing up the droid with the message that would have proven he was not being a nice guy to them though mm. alima knew it anyways so it doesn't matter yeah yeah at the end she's like i don't care i just want to i wanted to it's more fun to bang you if we were enemies yeah. at one point yeah i'm trying to think of I, i'm not sure if we're at the end of season two or three with rebels is thrawn in it yet 
Uh, just barely. I think we were at the end of season three. Yeah, because Thrawn comes in season three. Ahsoka comes in a lot earlier than I thought when we were rewatching it. Yeah, she's. I'm pretty sure it's season one yeah, that she like comes there in there immediately, and then Maul the next season. And yeah, yeah, I, I I kind of forgot how much um, I forgot how much Rex is in it. Yeah, because like obviously he's in it, but he's there like all the time. Yeah. Like he stays with. I was thinking that like he wasn't with this or he was off doing his own missions a lot, but he's like with the cell all the time. Yeah. He's he adds a lot to the the show in my opinion. Yeah. So he's got to be an Andor. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Ezra's message has to be an Andor. It, it should all just be an Andor. You would think, yeah. I wouldn't would not be surprised if they've talked about um, how season two of Andor is going to be like in blocks, yeah, like two or three episode blocks. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them has kind of the the message from Rebels, yeah, because it's basically uh, two or three episodes per year is how it is, or. A year for every two or three episodes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But so when when Exarkun Exarkun goes to Korriban mm-hmm. and he Which I really like by the way, the art was cool. He gets into the I think Marco Ragnos's tomb. Uh not yeah, it's it's gotta be Marco Ragnos's tomb. Uh mm-hmm. and Frieda Nad basically just collapses the door on him. Did Exarkun buy into Bless the him. whole, oh, no, this is a thing that just happened, and not, oh, you said you were going to leave, so I fucking dropped the door on you? How dumb is he, is I, what I'm asking, really. I don't think... I think he kind of knew what was going on, but he also, like, he's kind of a coward. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm not ready to die, like, so he's fully kind of, you know, he's he's fully... He'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. I, like, I think he's just kind of realized he's he's fucked yeah because he's he's basically 10 seconds away from becoming a the omen puddle <laughs> yeah. he's pretty quick to turn against freed and Nad, but then him and ulik get the vision of marcus saying hey boys let's smarten up and double team this one uh mm-hmm. and they're both immediately on board with that i don't know if they're being like yeah. mind controlled or if they're just like oh we get a cool head tattoo now I think it's because they uh, they were impressed that the fairy god or the the witch from uh, what is it Cinderella? You ever see you ever see Cinderella? I think it's Cinderella with the prince charming and the witch. She looks just like, um, is it Cinderella? Fuck. Is it Snow no. White? Uh, yeah, Snow White. The the witch looks just like um, looks just like Margaret Agnes with the little things coming out of her. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy that. I think it's Snow White. I think she's actually more like Kreia, but... So, no, it's not... Which is the one with the big dragon? Fantasia? No. Um... Mulan? What am I... No. Oh, it's, um... What am I thinking of? I I don't know my Disney movies that well. Oh, Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Um, and, like, Sleeping Beauty's got, like, the... I think it's like Prince Charming, right? Sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm just looking now. I'm pretty sure the the witch and or whatever it is kind of looks. Yeah, Maleficent. She kind of looks like that, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, like I, things, I can see that. Little. She does look like yeah. a, a Chagrian or Tagorian. I never remember yeah. which one's which. Yeah. Anyway, I thought she looked like Margaret Ragnos, but <laughs> why is nobody calling out Freed and Nad for not really being a Sith Lord though? Like, isn't his backstory mean? that he only went to Onderon because he couldn't fucking wait his turn to be Sith and just found a planet that he could dominate? Like, they mentioned it a couple times, but then everyone else seems to just be on board with him being Sithy enough. I mean, he's dead. Like, give him a break. Right? I guess. But yeah, you're... I don't know. I guess I guess he gets credit just because he went somewhere and dominated the people. He was like, a self-starter. That's a, you know. Yeah. Like he 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 was successful, I guess, right? Kind of like the uh, he kind of reminds me of the Sith from um, the canon book we just read, um, Shadow of the Sith. Yeah, remember that? Like it's kind of a similar story. He went to the planet and kind of just dominated the people yeah. for a bit. Fair enough. What was his name again? Darth Noctis. Yeah, Noctis. Yeah. Because like I guess from here, like they were all trained downstream from Mark Aragnos. But the real Sith continuity does go back to Mark Aragnos after this, because like 
Ulick and Exar Kun don't have their own Sith legacy of apprentice until you get to, like, Ulick is redeemed, right? Right when he dies, from what I remember. No, I think Nomi alert. redeems him at the end. Yeah, Spoiler I alert. think the last and arc then, is called Redemption. So, yeah, and then Exar Kun goes to Yavin, and, right, and just kind of dies. Yeah, he gets into his into his uh, temple and waits for Kip Durin. Then he gets exploded. Right, because like the um, next Sith lords we know of are Revan and Malak, who yeah. came from Vitiate technically, who came from Marka Ragnos. So wait, how are Vitiate and Ragnos correct connected? I think Vitiate was Ragnos's apprentice. Vakorian. This is the problem. I, I, like it's it's too much. It's I too don't much. understand just... my my expertise on the Vitiate Valkorian situation in Malgus. It's not it's not great, but I think that's what happens. I don't know, dude. Because like. People really had a hard on for Ragnos for a long time, mm-hmm. and then that just goes through to Revan and Malak, and then mm-hmm. from Revan and Malak, I guess you get like a reverse apprenticeship with Kreia, and then Scion and Nihilus kind of fall apart, and eventually mm-hmm. you get back down to Malagus again. But it's it's weird. Sure. And then do we? And then we don't really know what happens between then and like the Bane stuff, do we? Like, there's, really. like, a couple thousand, two and two and a half, yeah. well, three thousand years almost, where it's just kind of, like, who knows? Yeah, because it's, it's about 1,500 years later after Tor that the new Sith Wars would start. Because it's, like, 36, mm-hmm. 3650-ish that Tor is taking place a few decades in either direction. Then the new Sith Wars start in 2000, and then they go mm-hmm. to 1000. Right, yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I don't. I again, a thousand years of war. It seems like a lot, especially like considering what the galaxy is like in the Bane books. Yeah. But like, it was. Just, it was more uh, like I a thousand years like, of like. Sure, there's some heating up periods, some downturn periods. But yeah, the real question is: Is there like a coexisting republic and Sith Empire during these times? Yeah, because like Tor well, and the later stuff kind of imply that maybe it lasts the whole time yeah yeah and there definitely is like and and by the time of bane there definitely is the sith empire but it also seems like the sith empire it feels like it's kind of almost new yeah and they're like recruiting people and dragging people from the republic um yeah yeah there's also like chancellor ganara there was like 400 years where there were jedi chancellors and one of them the only one we know of is ganara i think is her it's some arrangement of the letters in that and she Mm. was staying out of sith territory so there was clear sith territory she was just being defensive so yeah it it, it's kind of it's a few it's a mess and like i don't even i don't even want to try to like I, I don't even, I can't, even the stuff from the Tales of the Jedi is, like, slowly already starting to seep its way out of my head. So, like, yeah. that is the thing that Star Wars canon needs to get better, because it's just, like, it's a mess. It, it, it is a mess. And part of it is because it's such an attractive time to tell stories in, and there's lots of cool stories to be told. Um, and they just, they fit so much in there. Um... And yeah, I just I just hope Canon kind of handles these things a bit better. And so far, um, you know, they they haven't done much. So like they're still I, I hope they come at it with like a nice cohesive strategy, um, when they kind of do get to the Sith. So we'll see what happens there. Any any last thoughts on anything in these these arcs? I think we covered all of my notes at least. Other than the fact that uh, Omen looks exactly like Moff Dizra. <laughs> yeah i can see it uh no i think i think that's pretty much it right how are you how are you feeling if you're gonna rank the at least roughly rank the the comics we've done so far in tales of the jedi let me just pull up the let me pull up the list golden age of the sith i'll recap it while you pull that up for people okay golden age of the sith we got fall of the sith empire tales of the jedi which is like the second half of that yeah tales of the jedi freedom uprising and dark lords of the sith so far 
Yeah, and Tales of the Jedi is like Beast Wars of Andoran yeah. and, and Nomi Sunrider. So yeah. Good. Okay, uh, I'll attempt to rank mine. I do think Dark Lords of the Sith was my favorite. Um, hmm. I think my second favorite, my, my second most favorite would have to be uh, Golden Age of the Sith. And then maybe Fall of the Sith Empire. And then Beast Wars. And then Nomi Sunrider, I think. Are you counting Dark Lord of the Sith with, like, Fall uh, yeah, of sorry. Freed I'll... and Nad together? Uh, no, okay, sorry. I, I, my, my mistake. Dark Lords first. Um... I think probably the the fall of the Sith Empire and uh, Golden Age of the Sith kind of tied next, and then um, Freed and Nad Uprising, and then uh, then Ula Kaldroma, and then Nomi Sunrider. Yeah, I think it'd be my list. I think I'm basically just going in reverse chronological order. Like Dark Lord of the Sith, I think is the best. Then I think Freed and Nad Uprising. But then probably mm -hmm. fall the Sith Empire after that. Tales of the Jedi, so the mm -hmm. Nomi Sunrider and Beast Wars, then Golden Age of the Sith in last place. It's fair. I, th I think the thing that I like about Golden Age of the Sith um, so much is I think the art is really consistently good. And I like that it's a bit more just kind of... It's about Gav and Jory. Um Kind of like it's it's them yeah. like it's it's a little bit more contained. I just can't Things stand Gavin getting... Jory as characters. <laughs> totally understandable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So what a mess. <laughs> did we get any mess. reviews that you want to go to? I'm gonna pull up the. I'm gonna pull up the questions that we have for the week. Uh, I checked this morning and we didn't. I'll double check now. Uh, but if you guys do, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure. You do go ahead, rate five stars. It really helps. That's how like podcasts are shared to new people, these platforms through review. So if you can rate five stars, um, that'd really help. Uh, sorry, by the way, that the audio last time wasn't very good. I, I don't know if you remember this, Corey, but my computer crashed during the stream afterwards. No, I did not. And I guess I hadn't saved my... Uh, I, I actually made the audio end up sounding pretty good, but I guess I hadn't saved the... Um, I guess I hadn't saved the... Um, the, the the file properly. Oh, we did, we did get one. Um, we did actually get one review. Uh, it's from Matt. He says a perfect balance between Star Wars info and fun tangents that keep you engaged. On a more personal note, it's very fun to hear Eck make references to stuff around Halifax. Hearing him joke about Dartmouth strip malls after a ten-hour shift delivering ice to the strange same strip malls made my week. <laughs> it's stuff like that that makes the show even more fun and endearing. I would one hundred percent recommend this to anyone looking for a good Star Wars listen to pass the time. I just imagine Matt sitting. By the edge of the parking lot at Penhorn Mall, where Ricky and Julian and Bubbles, well, really Bubbles, was fishing shopping carts, um, and just just a big smile on his face. So thank you very much, Matt, for that uh, that very kind review. I think that's it, though. And if anyone's running around at Bayshore or Rideau Center, then uh, this this is for you as well. I'm just not as open about my Ottawa activities. Fair enough. I'm letting my city down. We lost our only strip mall, our only strip mall, strip club in Dartmouth, and the world just became a little less magical <laughs> after that. All right. We do have a few questions. None of them seem to be about strip clubs, though. Uh, God damn. First, from Matrix, I was wondering, do you think the new Tales of the Jedi could somehow, so the, the show that's coming up, could somehow reintroduce the Outbound Flight into canon? Outbound Flight is one of my favorite novels in the EU era and would love to see it come back, perhaps as part of Thrawn's plan in the Ahsoka series. Also, any plans on bringing Charlie back on the podcast? I know this will be an unpopular question. <laughs> I mean, they could bring... If they were going to bring the Outbound Flight back it, and they're going to keep it a Jedi project, I think Tales of the Jedi would be a good place for it. The Thrawn books already um, really heavily imply that everything that Zane yeah. did, he's kind of considering still part of that story. So that's one of the books where if you... Uh, if you read it, uh, even just as a canon fan, there is a lot of information that does still apply. Yeah, the question is, is anyone else going to care? So we'll see. Ultimately, but, yeah. none of it ends up mattering, but if Timothy Zahn is still going to write more books, it's still going to be taken into consideration. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for Charlie, uh, usually he ends up on like the TV show episodes because he can't read. So 
uh, with Andor coming back, we'd probably have him on. Yeah, I definitely want to. It's nice to have somebody who's a little not quite as tuned in as the rest of us. So, yeah, I think we'll probably get him on for something. I can only handle so much Charlie a week, so. Uh, next question from Joel, who asks, So a new canon, instead of there being a singular Sith Empire, what if there were several Sith kingdoms and empires all existing at the same time? Think the Warlords post-Endor, but in Legends. They're all Sith, but they all rule their own little domains within the galaxy. Do you think this would be a good way to do the Sith in the past? And I think you're going to say no, because you're already complaining about the number of Sith and Legends. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's... It ends up being like that, because, like, the, the longer Star Wars goes in Legends, the more little Sith... Like, oh, this is a Sith on Kesh. They exist the whole time. We never knew about them. Or, like, you know, Valkorion was here the whole time. Vitiate, whatever. Tenebris, whatever. Been here the whole time. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I think the Sith should be, like, the uh, kind of... Like, I, I, I think they need to just be the enemy of the Jedi. Yeah. The enemy. Um, yeah, so... Dark Jedi, I think, is okay. Um, or, like, dark side users. But I don't want a million Sith Empires running around. For me, I think it comes down just to execution rather than structure. So it would entirely depend on how it's done. I wouldn't have a problem with it being that way or any other way. Just would, yeah. I would care more about the individual story. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they could do a good job of it. Thank you, Joel. Have you read Summer Vacation? Or, not read. Have you watched Summer Vacation? I have not watched I haven't it either. Yet, no. so. I'm waiting for for uh, for August to yeah. want to watch it. We got a question about that, so we'll skip over that for now. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. question. Another question from Adam, who asks, "Do either of you think Rhoda will ever return from the pit of irrelevance as maybe a crime lord in a post Rise of Skywalker galaxy?" Oh, that's the little hut from Clone yeah. Wars. Um, if if he wasn't brought brought up in resistance i don't know uh i, I don't think so no yeah. that's possible i think though. like I if they ever really... just need a new hut then that's a name they'll throw yeah there. yeah i don't really f- like we've got the huts from uh book of boba fett yeah and huts are very very long lived so yeah so i i think yeah. i think it'll probably pop up or they'll probably pop up somewhere i just don't know where exactly especially yeah. for something that was in pretty high profile thing like the name the name will be on someone's mind i just i don't like it being because it's jabba's son yeah. right and i'm not sure i like the idea of it being jabba's son yeah. like the next hot ruler like that's uh, like we talked about this a bit last time i don't like the idea of, like yes jabba's a gangster i don't like jabba being the gangster yeah. you know what i mean um and again that's we talked about it last episode how like any bounty hunter we see in star wars is the bounty hunter yeah. like boa fett is the bounty hunter not just a bounty hunter yeah um han is the smuggler and yeah it's a big galaxy you know i don't think we need jabba's in the next one so we got a few njo questions which i am gonna keep saving for actual njo episodes including people who have resubmitted questions that we missed in the past uh feel free to do that if we don't get to your question for an njo thing usually it's just because i'm disorganized but final question for the night is from Garrett, who says, How do you feel about Supernatural Encounters, and will you ever read it on the podcast? I have no real opinion on that. I've never engaged with it much, so. Yeah, so I've talked about this a few times, and i got to be careful because I very much like the people who do Supernatural Encounters, um, and I think it's a cool project. I do take a little bit of an issue with them acting like it's, you know... There was a version of Supernatural Encounters, certainly, that was going to be published, and it never was. Um, but since then, they've added and continue to add significant, significant bits. And as someone who doesn't really care much for fan fiction, um, I think that's cool. But I think that adding away all, like adding all the stuff that they've added, somewhat dilutes it mm-hmm. from if they would have just published it. Because essentially it was like, there are lots of little pieces of, um, you know, lost Legends media that it'd be really cool if we get our hands on. Uh, like, what was that unpublished uh, novel that Heart we got? Part of the Jedi. Um, Part of the Jedi. the other Tom Vitch one. Yeah. So, it is fan fiction, Michael, because, like, they've added, and, like, you, you can tell it's fan fiction because they've added stuff 
that just didn't exist when Legends existed. Like, the world between worlds is mentioned in Supernatural Encounters. I've read much of it. Yeah, um, if there was a draft of a Timothy Zahn book that was going to be published at one point, and then it wasn't, and then he kept adding on to it afterwards, that doesn't really... Right, exactly. Um, and, again, I'm not trying to be offensive at all, but in the case of Timothy Zahn, like, Timothy Zahn essentially made, like, a big portion of the EU. Um... So, like, I would even give that a bit more credibility. But, like, the Supernatural Encounters thing, it, like, fundamentally goes way farther. It changes. It adds a backstory for everything. It connects everything. It has a backstory for the Yuzhan Vong. For all of these things that were definitely never intended to be a part of Legends. And, like, they're being added now. But, like, nobody cares. Lucasfilm doesn't care. Like, it's essentially... It is essentially... um, it is essentially, it's not been licensed. It's not been approved. There's nobody approving the new additions. It's it's essentially fan fiction now. Uh, and again, that's no, uh, like, there's stuff with multiverses and connecting it to canon. Stuff that was clearly never intended to be um, connected. So I think it's a very cool project. You know, um, there's, uh, there's, being art being made and lots of cool stuff so yeah yeah like so i did a video a while ago that got some very angry comments on it about like what is canon and who cares and a lot of people took the video as being you're stupid if you care about things being canon but my point in the video was more uh functionally there it, it depends on what your personal definition of canon ends up being but like functionally the only way it really matters is how is that going to be taken into account going forward like that's the only practically useful definition and so if you want to group it together now it doesn't really matter nothing else is going to contradict it but it's also not going to be something that is built off of certainly not for any elements that try to tie it into new canon uh, mm -hmm. so that's where they might run into problems but no yeah yeah it's like I, I i and i'm like one of the bigger star wars probably the biggest star wars legends youtuber and a lot of you know legends people see me as an ally and you too i'm sure Corey. and listen i like i am and i like i've got no problem with the project i think it's a very cool project i've talked to the the guy who does it i've talked to lots of the people involved like they asked me for one of the things that was like, okay, is they asked me for, like, lore to add. And, like, you know, I was certainly never <laughs> contributed anything officially, uh, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. It's it's a very cool project, and I don't want to shit on it. And I will read it once it's fully done. And I'll probably buy it, you know, if they release a copy with illustrations and stuff. But I don't know. if We maybe will cover it at some point. Who knows? Yeah, like... It's the kind of thing that, while I'm not as familiar with it as you are, obviously, I'm, I'm aware of what it is, but mm. I, I basically, if I'm making a lore video on something, I would not consult it and present it with other information from anything else. No, exactly. So I, I think there's a big distinction there that maybe other people disagree and they would present it. I would think that is not that much different from going to a fan and wiki to be honest yeah no i, I would i think agree with that or even just reading uh, stuff from wikipedia which i think is yeah i think it's yeah. all kind of in the same boat there or reading stuff from throne's revenge <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah all right uh like we'll probably cover something with it on the podcast in the future but it's it a very a long and very, very, very dense read. Um, yeah. So we'll do it after <laughs> our episode that. on Coruscant and the Core Worlds? <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the source books eventually. I like. I really like the Hoth and Bespin source books. Did you ever read that one? Probably. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just reading. I'm just reading through it. 
Abeloth being Talotny's youngest daughter from Talotny Throws a Shape. Like, it's just, like, weird stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> Not bad. It's just, Does it have the Thrawn and Aralani official bang session? Huh. That's a great question. I mean, I would hope so. They're going to come for us on Twitter again now. They might, yeah. I... I would be a lot more worried about the Legends fans that we may have pissed off, or the fans of like Star Wars timeline guys, than um, <laughs> than the Thrawn. I don't know. The Th I think the Thrawn stands are kind of in hibernation right now. You still see a few of them pop up every now and then. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, once Ahsoka comes out, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, true. Yeah. I I get in enough trouble from from other Legends fans if I ever say I'm looking forward to something from canon. So. Need to be need to keep that on the down low. Yeah, I get that sometimes too. I mean, which I don't know. Like Legends fans, you gain no friends by um, by attacking canon fans. Like, there's no there's no point. No. Like, like what you like, and you know, don't like what you don't like. But you can also you like, can like I, you can, you're legally allowed to like both. Yeah, this no, is I the agree. secret that nobody um, tells you. You're allowed to like things from both, both of them. Exactly, and I will. I will say the uh, the Star Wars timeline guy is on Twitter. The guy who runs that website, and and he is he's very pro canon. And it's it's nice to see. And like I've got I've also got no problem with the people who I think the best way if you really want to be an advocate, and you really like I think the best thing to do is to just say continue it as well and like. I think that's the thing people can get behind at most, whether it's realistic or not. I don't know. But, like, I think the continue Legends stories, or at least, you know, do what they're doing in publishing Legends audiobooks, like, that's probably the best way to do things. Yeah. Oh, that does remind me. We did get the... Uh, I do want to check before we end this. We did get the new... The announcement for Wave 6 yes. of the Legends. Um, just looking it up now. It was Yoda, Dark Central Rod, Legends. Um Yep. Uh, Dawn, Dawn of, the of the Jedi, Jedi into the Void. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then Republic Commando. So one. I was... So presumably they're going to be doing all of yeah. them. Like, I was... I I asked a few weeks ago uh, the Delray editor on Twitter... Uh, oh, bro. Oh, bother. <laughs> so there was... I was basically asking if the inclusion of one book meant that they have to include all the books, or would that mean that they are skip Like... Would long series be precluded because they'd feel like they need to do all of them, essentially? So, right. the question being, is there a possibility of Traitor being a Central Legends collection without right. the other 18 use on Vong books? That was my that was the gist of my question. The response uh, did not, was did not necessarily assumption? answer the question as stated. It did involve in the conversation uh, saying that they do eventually want to point put out that format of all the books uh so the size format i'll just grab this like they won't all be involved in the essential legends collection obviously because that would not be essential anymore uh that would yeah. just be the legends collection legends collection uh, yeah so but they are planning to do like this uh, I, f I forget what the actual dimensions are that's why i'm getting the visual example but everything mm. will eventually get printed in that size i don't know if that means they're all going to get like new cover art but yeah I, that's a good question um i'm also like wondering because uh, i personally don't really care about books getting reissues um unless like if they're still like for example heir to the empire i don't think needed an essential legends collection version because heir to the empire is still being printed or it was still being printed uh under the legends banner Something, however, like Young Jedi Knights, that's oh, the only Young Jedi Knights out there are used ones, and there's no uh, digital version. So, like, th that's the thing that I would really like to see. I, I personally think that what they're going to do is so, like, I, I think, like, Republic Commando, for example, they're probably going to end up putting all of those out, which is good because those have never gotten audiobooks before. Um, so. And, like, what they did with Rogue Squadron is... I know people will probably note that Wraith Squadron 
wasn't in this next wave, so they're probably just going to cut those ones at the first four novels and call it the X Wings or the Rogue Squadron yeah. series rather than the X Wing series. Yeah, uh, they've done what, like twenty books so far? I think it's got to be around. There. Yeah, about so, that. Yeah, fifteen yeah. or twenty. I, I am. I'm really surprised that uh, Into the Void got into the collection. Yeah, a bit strange. Um, I feel like you can pretty reasonably assume that NJO, Fate of the Jedi, and Legacy of the Force are not going to get prints like that. Probably the same with Dark Nest. Like, it's probably just going to be the the main big series mm-hmm. that you usually think of, but then... Uh, and then probably some... Which is a shame, because New Jedi Order needs the audiobooks, but there's so many of yeah. them. So, we'll see. Yeah. But, like, if they are going to do the reissues of the other books, then maybe it'll... We'll, we'll have to see what the plan ends up being i do hope there is some sort of re-release for young jedi knights it is sad Me that too. They, it, it's, it's literally impossible to get them without the yeah like when we were reading it we had to look at the most scuffed online yeah. version where like it was in a robot essentially translating it and it sucks i've looked at so and... many uh like secondhand thrift stores and i've managed to get about a third of them probably uh, and I saw more of them at another store once, and I didn't buy them that day, and I've regretted it ever since. So now if I ever want to read yeah. them, I have to read the shitty pirated copies where everyone's crossing their anus. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you can... And it's like, yeah, you can buy them from Amazon, but, like, they're very expensive. Um, like Some of the ones I got, know, I like, paid, like, 60 cents on Amazon, actually. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But like I just looked up Young Jedi Knights uh fourteen and it's it's thirty three dollars. Um for and that's the only version of that on the Amazon. The book's only two hundred words sorry, the, long too. Like that is yeah, highway robbery. The the, ch- the cheapest version of the book on Amazon, and of course these are all used, is twenty six ninety seven. Um and it's like even just for preservation, like they've gotta just be like young Jedi Knights one dot text yeah. <laughs> out um out somewhere that they can just release. I also think that the audiobooks are probably a pretty good money maker because I know that there are a lot of people who consume audiobooks like podcasts, um, i.e., like nonstop yeah. and very frequently. And it's just, you know, there's only so many canon audiobooks. So, you know, I've listened to most of the audiobooks that exist, uh, certainly most of the unabridged yeah. ones. So. That's why we need an Audible sponsorship. But yeah. next week we will be doing Edge of Victory One Conquest. Uh, so tell all your friends, but... Is that a short one or a long one? They're the shortest in the NJO, I think. The Edge of Victory books. Okay. Alongside Dark Journey. I think Dark Journey is pretty short, too. But okay. thank you all for listening. Leave those reviews. Get your Please. parents to listen. They'll love it. And have a good Oh, Glove Shadow next week, Corey? Yeah, I should be able to do that. Let's go. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye.